I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thank you for listening. On today's show, Brad Meltzer returns to Lifestyles. He's a New York Times bestselling novelist, TV show creator, producer, and author. We're talking about his latest books in the Ordinary People Change the World children's series, where he highlights heroes throughout history. The newest books are I Am Mr. Rogers and I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Brad shares the concept behind the series and why it's important to share these stories with children. The books inspired the PBS kids show Xavier Riddle and The Secret Museum that can be seen on KVCR-TV Monday through Friday at 1030. Now here's my conversation with author Brad Meltzer. Welcome back to Lifestyles. So good to be back. So many of you may know you from the many novels or your comic world, but I've invited you back to the show to talk about your latest children's books. I'm referring to them as I Am series, but actually called the Ordinary People Change the World series. Your newest books are I Am Mr. Rogers and I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So before we talk about those, how do you pick your characters or what's the criteria or what makes a hero? You know, we started this series to give my kids better heroes to look up to. And I wanted them to look at people who were perseverance, uh, kindness, empathy. And I wanted them to know that just being a successful business person doesn't make you a hero. Having your own rocket ship doesn't make you a hero. What you have to do is think of someone beside yourself. So to answer your question, how do we pick who we want to start? We started with the obvious. I'm Amelia Earhart. I'm Abraham Lincoln. I am Rosa Parks. My son loves sports. I said, forget millionaire athletes. Here, meet Jackie Robinson. And we went from there. But now, this is our 10-year anniversary. I've spoken to you many times about these. But how do we pick them now? Now, it's not just the famous people. It's what lessons we want for our kids in life. And as we looked around at where the world was, we just thought the world needs more kindness. The world needs more justice. And that's where I am Mr. Rogers came from. I am Ruth Bader Ginsburg came from. It's so funny now, 10 years into this, the world kind of tells us what it needs and kids tell us what it needs. And that's where the best stories come from is not from our desire to please anybody, but from, you know, a feel like we need to tell this story. Well, I like that you're getting your feedback from the kids, from the students, from your readers, your young readers. And what do you hear from some of the children that have read your books or the parents that may be reading the books with their kids? You know, what we keep hearing is uh, kids want heroes that look like them. So we had tons of kids writing, when's your Hispanic hero? You haven't done a Hispanic hero. And then we did Frida Kahlo and Sonia Sotomayor. And then once we put those out, it was amazing. People started saying, wait, where's an Asian hero? We're Asian. We, we want a hero who's Asian. So we did I Am Pei. And, you know, it's just so interesting. Every book we do, we always say not every book's going to be for everyone, but for some kid out there, that book is the most important one. And we all love heroes who feel like they tell us something about ourselves. Because that's, again, what the best stories do. The best story and the best book you love is not because you love the plot. It's because you feel like that character is just like you. You learn something about yourself in that character, whether it's Atticus Finch, whether it's Harry Potter, whether it's Amelia Earhart or Abraham Lincoln. You see something in yourself, that perseverance, that that need to never give up, that that thing that's going to let you just keep going forward. And we all need those stories. So, you know, that's what kids want to see. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was our number one most requested hero. And I started working on this book a year and a half ago, had no idea where the world was going to be, and also had no idea 
that suddenly we were going to see what happened in Israel, or we we're going to see what, what obviously happened with anti-Semitism. And the world just kind of somehow produces the stories that it needs. And I love the fact that now parents and grandparents use our books to build libraries of real heroes for their kids and their grandkids and their nieces and nephews. Well, I'm one of those grandparents that is building um, this library for my grandsons as well. I'm hoping they'll use them. They're only three and five. But as they get into first and second grade or they have to start writing book reports, and I feel like these books are a little bit geared to use as research. Instead of going to the Internet, reading these books and learning from these books and then sharing that information, I mean, I know it's a little early, but I, I really enjoy the books. I want to talk about your style of writing and how these books are kind of shaped. There seems to be like five steps. There's a, you know, them as a child, then the challenges they faced, and then the people who played a pivotal role, their career, and then the timeline, which I really love at the end. Is that how you write all of them or just the ones that I've read? Or is that kind of your, your flavor to write them all? You know, it's so funny, Lillian. I never, I don't have a format. I just tell the story. And what's so amazing is you, you've just told every good story of every person that has ever been on this planet, right? We, who we are when we're children, and we have something that hits us, right? There's something that we have to overcome. All of us, nobody goes through life unscathed, no matter what you think. Right. And then there's someone somewhere along the way who inspires you, picks you up, tells you you're good at something for the first time, and then you find it within yourself. And that's my story, and that's your story. And that's Rosa Parks, and that's Dr. King. And I think that it's funny. I think what we do with our heroes in America is we build these great statues of them. Mm. We carve them out of granite. We go visit them and take pictures with the great you know, granite statue in Washington, D.C. or wherever else. And we do a huge disservice to those heroes because then they're not people anymore. They're like these lowercase g gods. But anyone you look up to, whether it's Jane Goodall, whether it's Billie Jean King, whether it's Dr. King or Amelia Earhart or anyone else we've worked on, Jim Henson, we've done, uh, you know, Walt Disney, you name it. Every single one of them have moments where they were scared and they were terrified and they didn't know if they could go on. But they do. And that's what I love about them, because you're showing that they are ordinary people. They started out as all of us could be ordinary people and what they've gone on to do or the stumbles they ran into or the, you know, whatever came in their face. Like even with Mr. Rogers and how he was a shy kid and how he was bullied and picked on. And I know children reading that can say, oh, that's me. And look what he did. And that's how I read some of these. And listen, that's why kids love the books. We have 7 million books in print. They're for kids that are age 5 years old, 4 or 5 years old to about 12 years old. That's where we get them, okay? And the kids stick with us. They, don't, they maybe buy a few for reports, but then they start buying them more because they love the stories. They love the pictures, the illustrated pictures. Our, our, as you know, our amazing artist, Chris Eliopoulos, is our secret weapon. He draws yes. them always as kids. Mm. So you always see Amelia Hart when she's seven years old. She always looks like a little kid, and that's on purpose. Because then kids are reading these books, and these aren't the stories of famous people. This is what we're all capable of in our very best days. So speaking of your, your illustrator, I wonder how much you two collaborate in the character and what they look like, or if you write the story and then he takes it from there. Because I've noticed the kids, all the characters, are two-toned. And I was wondering why they're two-toned. You know, that's just his shadowing that he does, so you can see where the light source is coming from. Uh. And it took me a while to figure that out myself. But, but we do work on how every character looks. I mm. know for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I mean, you know, these are books for little kids, and right. you've got to fall in love with them. 
And it's easy to do cute. Anyone can do cute. It's easy to do funny. For a good cartoonist, you can do funny. But the hardest thing to do is heart, to show these people have heart. And that's how people fall in love with these heroes. That's why we all fall in love with these heroes to begin with. So I remember for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Mr. Rogers, he, he just crushed it right from the start. No edits, no notes. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I kept saying, make her small or even smaller, make the glasses bigger. Because I wanted to be so adorable <laughs> yeah, yeah. that we fall in love with her. So we, we really work to make sure that the, what you see in the end, and then every page, I'll design the page. I'll tell him what angle the picture should be. I'm, I probably do too much of that. Mm. And then he's very smart and knows when to completely ignore everything I say and just do it the better way. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a page in Mr. Rogers. It's the most important page in there. And it's where Mr. Rogers is with his mother. And his mother is telling him, he's saying to his mom how scared he was, what he saw in the news. And it just terrified him. And his mother gives him this advice. She says, look for the helpers. And whenever there's a disaster, you can always find a helper. And, of course, he gives us that show in his TV show. But I said to Chris, I said, Chris, this is the most important page in the book. I don't know how you're going to do it, but it has to be so beautiful that people want to make a poster out of it. And if you, if you remember that page, it's a beautiful silhouette of his mom and young Mr. Rogers walking through with this big giant tree as she says the words. And it came through, and I opened up my email when I saw it, and I said, it's perfect. No edits at all. Just speaking on Mr. Rogers and looking in his studio when he's in front of the camera, and I notice there's, there's two numbers. I don't know if this has anything to do with anything or what it means, but 143, which typically means I love you. But I don't know if that's why they're – and also 127. Can you tell me the significance? Yeah, so 143, we hide things in every single book. Right. The kids read our books over and over and over again. They read them 20 times. And we wanted to make it so that the kids who really follow the books can find little Easter eggs. So I'll tell you a couple of secrets. I'm hidden in every book. You can find me, a little bald guy, in every single book. You can find Xavier. – Xavier Clark. has been in it Xavier, as yep. well as um, – exactly. Yadina, yeah, too. yeah. And we hide the number 27, which is what you see there. Mm. We hide, um, as I said, Clark Kent and Superman. We also hide the next hero. So if you're reading I Am Amelia Earhart, Abraham Lincoln's hidden in that book somewhere. Oh. If you read I Am Abraham Lincoln, Rosa Parks is hidden in that book somewhere. When you read I Am Mr. Rogers, you'll see that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is hidden in that book. And if you want to know who the next hero is, you got to read Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But the 143 is... Uh, Mr. Rogers secret code because that was his weight and he used to and it meant I love you it was his magic number and every day he would weigh himself and so I said to Chris when he sent in the art I said by the way Chris I want to hide the number 143 on on every page somewhere in the book and he said dummy I already did you missed them all (laughs) and so he had put them throughout the book on every page I just loved it and so he was of course far smarter than I was so when we talk about some of the characters, we're referring to the PBS kids show, Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum, which stars Xavier, Yadina, and Brad, named after you. And I noticed that they're sneaking into some. Are they in all of them or just a few of them? They're in the, all the ones since we launched the show. Got and it. I will say the show, the show um, season two premieres as I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg comes out. The following week, season two of Xavier Riddle premieres, and the first episode is going to be I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg as well. So we're doing a book version and a cartoon version of her, um, and it's just so fun to watch 
kids fall in love with these characters on the PBS Kids show that they built based on our book series. Ready for adventure? <laughs> Who's that kid who can travel through time? Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum. Which great heroes will we find? Now, all the books have not been turned into a PBS character or been featured on the, the TV show yet, right? It's only... They have not. Uh, interestingly, like I can write about anyone I want, but to feature them on the show, you have to get the rights from the estate because they're moving and it's and they're interacting with imaginary characters. So that right. just takes a lot more time. I really enjoyed. In fact, we here at KVCR are doing a kids show called Learn With Me, and one of the topics was on autism, and we wanted to feature some famous people that might be on the spectrum. So we, of course, I went back and watched Temporal Grandin on you. I've interviewed her over the years, but I wanted to see it from a children's perspective of how you did it, and I took some, um, I took some notes from from how it appeared on there, and I love that you did. Just like you're saying, different people want to see different heroes. And uh, Temple Grandin with, within the autism community is one of them. Yeah, we were so excited to work with her to do the book, I Am Temple Grandin. We wanted to do it, obviously, as uh, someone who was a hero with autism. She helped us with the book. In fact, as I launch on book tour, our final event will be in Colorado with Temple Grandin. Ah. She's going to come to the book event. I went for I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg and I Am Mr. Rogers. She's going to come. And, of course, we're going to talk about both those books and, of course, I Am Temple Grandin. I love that you're able to share, you're not hiding the secrets, right? Now that kind of listeners, whether they're young listeners in the car with their parents listening to NPR or parents or grandparents that are going to hopefully look at these books and look for those little nuggets, like you call them, uh, the little secret things. That's always nice to know. Every book has a secret thing in it. Almost everyone does. You'll see that there's, um, you know, and in, in I am Walt Disney. Walt Disney was very famous for putting what they called hidden Mickeys. Yes. Little Mickey Mouse ears all over the park. So we said, you know what, let's put little hidden Mickeys all over the book. So not every single book has it, but just about. We, we, we've got something hidden in every, you will find stuff in every single book. It's just a question of what it is. They're a joy to read. You're listening to Live Sales on KVCR. We need to take a quick break, and when we return, I'll continue my conversation with best-selling novelist, TV show producer, and author of the children's series, Ordinary People Change the World. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. My guest is author of the Ordinary People Change the World children's series, Brad Meltzer. As a notable novelist, did you hit it out of the park your first book out, or did you have the experience of rejected letters? No, listen, I got 24 rejection letters on my first novel. (laughs) There were only 20 publishers at the time, and I got 24 (laughs) rejection letters which means some people were writing me twice to make sure I got the point. Um, but I, I said, if they don't like that book, I'll write another. And if they don't like that book, then I'll write another. And, and what's so funny, Lillian, is I take the lessons now of these heroes that I write about. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has a perfect example. You know, when she was a little girl, she used to love to run around and play tag and climb trees. But they used to tell her, you know, girls don't do that. Right. Only boys do that. And then, she, you know, she wants to, when she was in school, do woodworking. But they say woodworking, you know, girls don't do woodworking. Girls have to take the home economics class. And it's her mother who says, you know what, that's just not right. She, she would take 
young Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the library every Friday afternoon. Yeah. And every Friday afternoon, she would get to pick out five books. And the books she would pick out that she loved most were about real heroes, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman. She'd read about these real heroes, and it's her mother who gives her that lesson, that there's absolutely nothing that a girl can't do. And I want that lesson for my daughter. I want that lesson for my sons. But I need that lesson for myself. And I, you know, we all need, like, so when I got my 24 rejection letters, you know, and I'm, I needed that story. And so that's why I think part of the reason I write these stories is because I know how important they were to me personally when I was starting out doing this. You know, it's interesting as you talk about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where she has to take the home ec class and she has to yep. make her, her graduation gown and cap and, and uh, it didn't go so well. So clearly sewing wasn't her thing. Yes, sewing was not her thing. Luckily, there were a couple other things that were her thing. And what I love about her is one of the stories that's in there, one of my favorites is on her birthday, rather than having a birthday party, her mother used to take her to a Jewish orphanage and they would have an ice cream party and give away ice cream for all the other orphans who were there. And I love the fact, yes, she lost her birthday party every year, but mm-hmm. she learned more important how to be a good person. Yeah, I loved and that like, part. God, don't we all need, isn't that a beautiful yeah. lesson? I was like, we have to do a whole scene of this. And that's where you learn what justice is. You know, when she sees anti-Semitism, there's a point where they say to her, you know, she's riding, she sees a hotel and it says no dogs and no Jews mm. on the same sign. Yeah. And what she says is, you know, anti-Semitism and hate is, is a fracture in society. It's no different than any other fracture in society, like injustice or unfairness. And when you see those fractures, we need to repair them. And that's her lesson as a little girl, and it's her lesson right now is, you know, when she gets older. And it's a, it's a lesson when you read I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg with your kids and your grandkids. That's the lesson that you give them as a gift. You give them the same gift that Ruth Bader Ginsburg got when she was a girl and used to read about those real heroes. Now, when you have someone, many of your topics are subject matters that you're working with and you're, you're doing the research or you're reading other books to, to decide what you're going to put into this book. Because obviously it can't be, you know, 300 pages. It's what, They're probably, what, 25 pages maybe? And the fact that you yeah. picked out how she spent her birthday was so touching to me. And I think if others just read that and get that, that importance, even if they did it for one birthday, maybe not all of them. And then she lost her mother so young. And you just wonder what more her mother would have done or instilled in her. Obviously, it was already there. But what would have gone on had her mother lived longer? I think she lost her at 17 or 18 years old. So how do you choose which parts when you're doing the research that you have to make sure is in the book? You know, and it's hard because, as you said, I'm taking this person's entire life who's lived this incredible life and reducing it, you know, to 30-something pages, nothing, Um, you know, for a children's book. And and you know what? People want to always put the famous stuff. Here's the big Supreme Court case. Here's the uh, other Supreme Court case. Here's the – kids don't care about that part. The thing that sticks with them, as I've learned over and over from kids and from my own kids, is it's the stuff when they're little. You know, we, we none of us will know what it's like, for the most part, to be a Supreme Court justice. But we all know what it's like to be told we can't do something, right. that you're not good enough to do something. We all know what it's like to not have when we want something more and to know what it's like to serve someone else and how good that feels. And I, I'm hoping that there will be more birthday parties giving away some ice cream this year because of this book. And, you know, this is the first hero we've done, I should mention, where I knew the hero before I started the book. So oh. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we went to the same law school. I knew her for, you know, she was so kind to me all throughout the years. In fact, oh. at one point, we were both witnesses 
at the same wedding, we signed a, a dear friend, a mutual friend's wedding certificate. And we're sitting <sighs> in the back room and it's all serious. And, you know, we're signing our names on the certificate. And Justice Ginsburg signs her name first. And my friend looks at me to hand me the pen. And I look at my friend and I'm like, do you really need me at this point? I think you got it covered, right? I think she's good enough to, to, to make it happen. So um, I love the fact that my only regret is I never got to tell her we were mm. doing a book about her. Mm. Did you study to be a writer or to be a lawyer? I studied to be a lawyer, truthfully. Um, I was a history major in college, never was an English major. I took, a, of course, a ton of English classes, but I had a teacher who took a chance on me and uh, when I was in ninth grade. And she said to me, you can write. And I was like, and she's like, I want to put you in the honors class. I had some sort of conflict. She said, here's what I'm going to do. You're going to sit in the corner of the room for the entire year. Ignore everything I do on the blackboard. Ignore every homework assignment I give. And what you're really going to do is you're going to thank me later. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to do the honors work instead and thank me later. And sure enough, a decade later, I went back to her classroom I knocked on the door. My first book was published. I, she said, can I help you? I said, my name is Brad Meltzer. I wrote this book, and it's for you. Mm-hmm. And I, she said, you know, I was going to re- – and she starts crying, of course. But I, I said, why are you crying? She said, I was going to retire this year because I didn't think I was having an impact anymore. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, you have 30 students. We have one teacher. And that's the teacher who changed my life. And made me convinced that I could write. And, you know, we all remember that first person who tells us that you're good at something. Mm. And anyone listening tonight, I'm, think of that person, that person who told you, hired you for your first job, who said, you know, you have a real knack for that. I want you to thank them. Track them on the Internet. Find, put a name in the Google. Even if they're dead, find their kids. Tell them, track them down, and say thank you. You won't believe what comes from it. Wow. So in the short time we have together, you know, you are a fabulous person to go in and look on your Wikipedia page. Now, I don't know if all of it's true or not, but some of the things that are mentioned there are your Wikipedia TED Talks, how to write your obituary. And then again, you wrote, you did um, write your story, change history. You're obviously a history lover. You did study it. You've written about it in many of your novels, but history plays a part. But I also want to tell you that's on your that I really loved was George H.W. Bush shared with you the letter that he left for President Clinton that's listed there and that you being chosen as one of the authors to be at Barbara Bush's 90th birthday party. Any of those true? Those are all true. Every Ah. single one of them. Yeah, I I was President Clinton and President Bush were both very kind to me. They liked my thrillers. They used to invite me. I got invited to the White House. And um, and I was asking, I was doing research on former presidents, what it's like to be a former president. And I asked I asked President Bush, could you sneak a message in those letters? I said, I heard you guys leave letters for each other when you leave office. And the <laughs> next day I get an email that says the president wanted you to have this. And I open up the email, and it's the secret letter that he left for Bill Clinton. My. So if you've seen that letter floating on the Internet, it's because I, I actually unveiled it on Good Morning America a decade and a half ago. Oh. And what was so crazy is that his own biographer was like, why would you give the letter to Meltzer? I, I did your biography. Why did you give that to me? And he, and no one had asked him about it. And I was the first one, I think, to ask him about it. So that is true. He gave me that secret letter. It's one of the great traditions of the modern presidency. After we recorded this interview, we searched for the secret letter that Brad had mentioned that George H.W. Bush left in the Oval Office desk for Bill Clinton. The note reads as follows. Dear Bill, 
When I walked into this office just now, I felt the same sense of wonder and respect that I felt four years ago. I know you will feel that too. I wish you great happiness here. I never felt the loneliness some presidents have described. There will be very tough times, made even more difficult by criticism you may not think is fair. I'm not a very good one to give advice, but just don't let the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president when you read this note. I wish you well. I wish your family well. Your success now is our country's success. I'm rooting hard for you. Good luck. George. And you were also at Barbara Bush's 90th birthday party? It says as the entertainment. Yeah. What did you do? I spoke. She wanted me to speak. She, she, what I loved about the, her is that, you know, we used a lot of work. It had nothing to do with politics. She raised a lot of money for literacy. Mm. So she would bring in Democrats, Republicans, raise money for literacy even to her dying day. And she used to love me uh, because I would come in and tell jokes that would make her laugh. She loved the stories about my mom. She loved the stories about my rejection letters. <laughs> and uh, she was a great reader. And uh, may she rest in peace. We had a lot of laughs together. In fact, if you really want to laugh, put in Brad Meltzer and Barbara Bush and I Love Lucy. Oh. And she and I, rec- we recreated together the chocolate conveyor belt scene. Oh, my gosh. Um, from I Love Lucy. And it's one of the funniest videos you're ever going to watch. And you'll see her. I'm I'm dressed as Lucy. She's my straight man, but it's an incredible moment. Okay, so that'll be the first thing I do when we get off this phone call. Why did you want to write about obituaries? You know, because I, 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 someone, I worked to save the house where Superman was created. And All when right. a reporter from the Wall Street Journal was asking me about it, he said to me, you know, Brad, that thing you did with the Superman house, it's going to be in your obituary. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, well, thanks for so clearly contemplating my death. But I was struck in that moment and thought, what, what's going to be in my obituary? What will they say about me? And I went back to that reporter and I said, I want to hire you for a project. I want you to write my obituary and put in my name and obituary. And you'll see the video that comes up. It's an incredible story. And it's one of my favorite videos I've ever made, one of my favorite speeches I've ever written. Wow. Brad Meltzer's newest children's books are I Am Mr. Rogers and I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg, part of the Ordinary People Change the World series. Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum is part of the PBS Kids lineup and can be seen on KVCR-TV Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. This is one of my favorite PBS Kids shows. I like that you can learn and experience the history of some great heroes, and it's good for kids of all ages. Brad, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, and thanks for always supporting us in all the different genres. For more information about Brad Meltzer and the Ordinary People Change the World book series, visit us at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. If you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking would make a good segment on lifestyles. All you have to do is go to kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the link to share your story idea. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, check out our archives at kvcrnews.org lifestyles or listen to Lifestyles on the KVCR app. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. Lifestyles is also on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. 
Join me next week at the same time for Life Sales with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Yeah, the simple things in life.